in the middle of a series called Anxiety or Joy on Sunday mornings at Life Fellowship. And this is the second episode of Life Talks that we've been on this subject. If you didn't get a chance to hear the first one, make sure you go back and do that. We were talking about uh, anxiety, whether or not it's a mental health issue or a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. So um, don't miss that one. But on this one, we are actually going to dig a little bit deeper into anxiety, and we're going to look at five areas of fear mm-hmm. that lead to anxiety. Yeah. So um, I'm Britt Nipper sitting in with Pastor Ben Rudolph. Let's dig in. Yeah. So um, just quick, quick, uh, you know, I always like to throw statistics out there just because I think it helps us understand some certain things. But um, did you know, Britt? Well, let me ask you a question. Who do you think struggles with anxiety more, men or women? Oh, man, that's a that's a tough one. I would say women probably more for when it comes from social media, trying oh, to compare themselves uh-huh. to others. And I would say men probably struggle with anxiety when it comes to finances mm, and work. Okay. All right. That well, was kind it, of a non-answer it, answer. It, I, well, <laughs> I, I think that's a really interesting observation. By and large, st- st- statistically speaking, females struggle with it more than men um, it, by, by a large margin. It's not, it's not even close. Hmm. And um, th- another interesting statistic about anxiety is the older you get, the less anxiety you they, mm. they, that that registers for yeah, people, yeah. and um, you just stop caring. I yeah. guess is that what it is? <laughs> Get off my lawn! You're just like I'm done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I think hopefully what that means is you've learned how to manage emotions, mm, and yeah. you've learned that okay, I don't need to stress out about this. You know what? What I've learned in life is, uh, especially when you're walking, when God's walking you through the journey of wisdom, which is we should be growing in wisdom, is you've learned, oh, I know what this looks like. I know what this is. I, I know how to handle this because God brought me through this, this, and this. Like, it's amazing to me. It shouldn't be amazing to me because I know human nature, but, you know, it's kind of like, do you ever wonder why the people that, the generation that got out of Egypt, I mean, think about what they saw. I mean, they, oh, they yeah. saw like fire come down from heaven. They saw the, you know... <laughs> Just am- amazing miracles that if we saw this today, we'd be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and yet when they got to the promised land, they're they're kind of like, uh, no, we don't think God can beat those giants. You're like, yeah. Did, what if you just what if you just seen like you literally walked through the Red Sea a few week a few <laughs> years ago? You know, you see like they heard God's voice in yeah. Mount Sinai. That generation had seen so much supernatural things, and you're thinking, why didn't you learn mm-hmm. from this? But I think that's a a great testimony to us to say you can see God do a lot of things and miss God. Oh, you yeah. can really miss the the lesson, the wisdom of saying, "Wait a second, I've seen God do this before. Therefore, I think He can do something like this again." So, I believe that's part of the the change in why when people get older they just kind of have that wisdom to say, "Yeah, we, we know what, what's going on here." But um, so what about re- like relationship status? I mean, I would I would assume most married people probably have less anxiety than single people. That's a great question. I don't have those I don't Come have those on, numbers. Yeah. I don't have those numbers. But I'm just in front wondering of me. like I wonder if that's some of if the females have a lot more. I wonder if that is some Could of it be. too of like I need to get married my you yeah. know, my mom's on me about getting married. My yeah. friends are all getting married, yeah. you know. I think that um yeah, th- that's something I've not really looked into statistics on on married people with anxiety compared to single people with anxiety. Which would also kind of lend itself to the fact that anxiety is going up in younger people, but marriage is actually going down. That is true. Yeah. We've solved it. Everyone that does it for (laughs) 
anxiety and joy on life. Just get married and you will yeah, be okay. I, I mean, and I think that's, you, know, you and I both know that there are times when we come home from work and there's an issue that we feel overwhelmed by. Mm-hmm. Okay, like go back to our definition that anxiety is something that you're carrying that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And outside of our power of what this outcome is going to look like. So therefore, okay, what do I do? And you and I both know that there's something powerful just about talking you with Emily, me with Liz to be like, hey, this is what this is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. And just, first of all, just sharing it yeah. out loud helps and having them tell you something that you need to hear back. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably part of it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that there aren't single people that have those kinds of relationships that they can share that with. And but, I'm sure there's some marriages that have more anxiety it, than single it, people. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think the key is are you talking to someone about it? Because I mm. think in my own life, I've seen this and I've seen this with other people. They let the the the, the narrative of anxiety or the narrative of what's happening or that, that outcome that is not guaranteed, like I can't control what's going to happen to my kids or my, my finances or whatever it might be. Um, and and I'm, I'm anxious about what this is going to look like. And to know that just talking about it, getting it out of your head. Yeah into the open is incredibly therapeutic at times. It's very healing. And so- But I will say though, it is it does sometimes provide more anxiety thinking about how people are going to react if you do finally say it out loud. That, like, what are they going to think that of me? Tra- that, gonna... That's a wonderful transition, Brett, to what, to Brett, to what I want to talk about today. Because anxiety in and of itself is a root of fear. It's It's a- it's an offshoot of fear. Fear mm-hmm. is at one of those basic core elemental emotions that we all have in life. And so anxiety is simply a kind of fear that manifests itself in our lives. And, um, you know, going back to, and we know that the Bible says a lot about fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, there are three passages that talk about anxiety specifically. There's There's a lot more, but specifically when there's instruction about it. Again, Jesus, don't be anxious for anything. Uh, or I'm sorry, do not be anxious about what you'll eat, what you'll wear. Um, for the Lord knows what you need. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God. That's kind of a summary of, of Matthew 6. You have Paul saying, uh, don't be anxious for anything, but in all things through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses uh, understanding, will, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, and then you have First Peter, cast your cares, cast your cares, that word, the same word, cast your anxieties upon him for God cares for you. And so we we know those those passages, but then you have a lot of stuff on fear where Peter said, or I'm sorry, Paul says, God does not give us a spirit of fear, hmm. but of power, love, and a sound mind, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Um, we know that First John says, perfect love casts out fear. The number one thing, the number one thing that Jesus tells his disciples, I should say the number one thing, the most common theme when Jesus is talking to disciples is don't be afraid. He tells his disciples all the time, don't be afraid. What does that mean? That means you and I are going to struggle with fear a (laughs) ton, okay? And so when you think about this, um, trying to discover what fear, you know, what is fear? And in my studying and reading, there's there's been a couple of people that have kind of boiled down, studied fear in the human experience. And again, these aren't Christians, but 
I think they have a lot to say about studying human behavior. And then what I want to do is apply the the reality of Jesus Christ to these fears. But um, there there was some some people did some some work on fear and and basically boiled down fear to five major areas that that if you're afraid of something or anxious about something, it's going to come into one of these five categories. Okay? okay, and the first category is extinction. So this is the fear of death, the fear of the loss of life, the fear of no longer being around. That hey, you know, if I do this, I could die. Okay, so so think about some of the, um, you might get an ex- anxious going on a plane. Why? Because, well, what if it crashes? Yeah. Okay. There, there's, because I don't want to die. There's this, fe- it boils down to extinction. Does You're, that extend to other people around you? Like, I'm afraid my children are going to die, or I'm afraid something's going to, or is that more of a personal thing that you're talking about right now? Yeah, that that's, I would consider that something else, but, okay. but fear of death of your own personal you, you self yeah. is, okay. is, is number one. Um, Number two, what they call is the fear of mutilation. Now, this is the fear of losing any part of our bodily structure. The thought of your body's boundaries being invaded or losing the integrity of any of your body parts or natural functions. So, um, you know, maybe some of the reasons why you don't want to go skydiving or bungee jumping is like, well, I don't want to crack my head yeah. on that rock and and get paralyzed. Even the think about the bugs, okay, phobia of bugs, bees. Um, you know, I've got my, my, my body here that I don't want to be disrupted. Mm, okay. okay. Um, so, so that's, that's another kind of fear that if you find your anxiety rooted in this fear of mutilation or your body, something invading your body of some kind, um, you know, it's, <laughs> you, here's the thing about fear. It can, tr- it can manifest itself in the most random things. You know, you can watch a show. Do you ever watch one of these shows on like someone got a bug that, that <laughs> crawl in their ear at night <laughs> yeah. and it gave them a brain, you know, all of a sudden they <laughs> planted, you know, started having babies in their brain. Yeah. And, and um, there's this show on, I can't remember, I think it was called Monsters Inside of Me. It was on like the science channel <laughs> or something years ago. And it would just give you the, you would see, you'd see like the smallest little bug. And you're like, oh, yeah. kill it. <laughs> Kill it! It's gonna crawl it's, inside my it's head. It's gonna tonight. crawl inside my head and, and kill me. But there's this, you know, that, that would be that would be this fear of something coming in my my yeah. space or my body and causing me harm at some level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three, loss of autonomy. The loss of autonomy. This is another major kind of fear. This is the the fear of being overwhelmed, entrapped, uh, smothered, or controlled. Okay, so this is the, this is where a lot of our fears of remember I talked about control. A lot of times our fear comes into this. I have a plan of how I want things to turn out, and if it doesn't turn out this way, I'm going to start getting anxious. Mm-hmm. I, I want you know I want this I want this meeting with my my boyfriend and my parents to meet the, for the very first time. I'm starting to get anxious. Why? Because you know you can't control them liking this person. Mm-hmm. So when it you, seems like both political sides use this oh, exact thing for fear of if they take power, you're losing everything yes, you've ever known. Yes. Well, if they take power, you're losing everything. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. They play into that your, fear. Your life is over. Yeah, you know. So this threat of losing control of your life, the way that you have it organized, structured, that all of a sudden you won't have the control to do and say what you want, and so. Um, that there's, that's a major fear. When I think about a lot of anxieties that people have are Mm -hmm. rooted in this Mm -hmm. issue, number one, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm nervous that if I, you know, going back to married couples, what if we, what if you take this job and we move to this place and then the kids can't have good friends and then they don't do well in classes in their school and then they can't get in a good, you know, career or, or college. And, you know, you see what, you see what happens yeah. is all of a sudden the anxiety the comes spirals in. Out of control, I can't yeah. control the outcomes of my kids having a great life. And so that just spirals, like you said. Mm. And, and mm. what's interesting, Britt, is that the word anxiety comes from an old English word, which means to choke, mm. to strangle. And so this idea of we have these feelings or emotions when we're feeling anxious, it literally feels like our world is is crumbling in or caving yeah. in on us, strangling us with, I don't know how this is going to turn out, right? So that's a major, major one. Um, the fourth one is fear of separation. This is the fear of abandonment, rejection, loss of connectedness. This is a major one as well. Mm -hmm. The idea of a fracturing of a relationship. The anxiety comes from, I'm afraid that if you knew me or if you afraid, I'm afraid that if you, if you are aware of the things in my life or whatever it is that, that you'll stop, you'll stop looking at me as, as a person worthy of love and acceptance. Yeah. This becomes a major issue of anxiety for a lot of kids. I remember going through this on a very small scale when I was a kid and my last name is Rudolph, okay? <laughs> and I, I remember at 10 years old, I became suddenly aware of that when I walk into a room and people meet me for the first time, especially kids my own age, it's a very easy name to get made fun of. Yeah. All right? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> and when you're 10, you're like, shut up, you know? But now I love it now. I'm like, yeah, it's great. I've got, I've got a very unique name that's, that's related to Christmas. I mean, who wouldn't want, you know, yeah. Claus would be the only other name that <laughs> it could be better, you know? But I think that, that, that fear of losing human connection, you know, when, if you're to, if you're to diagnose yourself and say, I'm getting, I get anxiety and get anxious when I walk into these rooms or these environments, it's this connect, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to lose connection. So that, that, those are, that's a big one. And then the last one is shame. The fear of humiliation, mm. the fear of uh, disapproval, um, that shame is a major, major driver in, in the fear. Like, I don't want people to um, see me in a way that that crumbles my the world I've created for myself. Yeah. Okay? I don't want people to see me differently than this. And so- I think shame, too, falls in- the creative world of the uh, imposter syndrome mm. is a term that's very popular now, but I think that's where shame would come into that as well. Of like, I I think I do something well, but I'm afraid to put myself out there because I don't want others yeah. to all of a sudden tell me I don't do what I do. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So when you think about these fears, what is important is number one, knowing that, you know, you need to identify where this fear is coming. Like what kind of fear is this? When I'm, when I'm feeling anxious about this, what can I trace it back to? If I'm going to pull the string and get to the root of this, where is this? But the other thing is, okay, what do I do about this? Yeah. Because I think one of the things that we should do, again, the mental health and the spiritual side, what's what? one of the ways we can help our minds to think and to be changed is to say, all of these fears are things that if I know who Christ is and what he has done, I can trust him. I can trust in his sovereignty. I can trust in his love. I can trust in his power. Um, one of the things, one of the things that we're going to do in these next three sermons on anxiety is, 
and, and I talked about this this past Sunday, is whenever anxiety is active in all three of these passages, God is active. Hmm. God is doing something. Okay, so last Sunday we talked about we get anxious about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. Again, this, it's outcomes I cannot control of the future. How am I going to get, you know, how's, how am I going to get things taken care of in my life and the, the basic needs and necessities of life? And so God says, you don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow will take care of itself. But this idea of in the middle of this, he says, for God, for the Lord knows what you need. Okay. And so in all three of these passages, there is a description of God acting and God doing something when anxiety is active. And that is something that we need to remember when these fears kick in. Okay. For example, fear of death. Well, we serve a God, Jesus, who overcame sin and death. So that for the Christian, Death is not the end of life. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, none of us, you and I both don't want to die right now. But I definitely we, don't want to die by getting mutilated. Yeah. Like, you just want to go if you're going to go. So but, I have two fears. But, but, but all of us have this sense of, if I, I want to I want to have the same mentality that Paul said that says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to lose out on anything if I die right now. Yeah. There's a greater life ahead of me that is far, far exceeds what I'm experiencing now. So I don't have to be afraid of dying. The, the fear of mutilation, this idea of losing my, you know, some something attacking my body or something happening to me or losing my ability to walk. As tragic as that might be, to know that, th- yeah, I can suffer and, and I can go through suffering, but I also know that there's a resurrection and, and there's a wholeness that awaits for me. So that no matter what happens to me now in this life, um, whether it's sickness, whether there's tragedy, that it is purely temporary. Yeah. It's only a temporary pause in me enjoying the fullness of 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 creation the way God want, wants me to. So um, I don't have to be afraid of it. I, I might not enjoy it. I might have to learn how to see God, how he's doing this in me, but and how I need to respond to it, but I don't have to fe- be afraid of it. Fear of, of control. Well, guess what? Control is an illusion, man. Mm-hmm. You and I thinking that we can control, the only thing that you and I can really control are ourselves. When you try to control things outside of yourself, that's when you get into trouble. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. when you get into trouble in your own relationships with other people. So when you get in trouble with God, because you're saying, God, I want you to control this person. And God's like, no, <laughs> I'm in control of that. Yeah. So the the reality of I can only control myself, I have to trust in the sovereignty of God that he is going to take care of that. And that's one of the things that, God's Jesus says in Matthew six, if I'm taking care of birds and grass, mm-hmm. don't you think you're a little bit more important to me than those things? You don't have to worry about that. I know, I know what you need. So just trust me. He says, "Oh, you have little faith. Trust me that I know what's best for you." Um, fear of abandonment, rejection, loss, connectedness. Yeah, that can happen. The reality is, that's a very real, real possibility, especially in our world when you stand up for truth today. When you stand up for righteousness, you can lose relationships. But what's good to know is that you have a heavenly Father, and you have you have Jesus Christ, who loves you so much you can never do anything to separate His love from you. That there is a love that that comes from them, and there's a love that we should experience within the body of Christ. That no matter when we lose someone, there's always another relationship to gain within the body of Christ. 
And so to me, I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize these things. I'm just trying to say, you have to keep your eyes focused on the hope of Christ that overcomes these fears. The fear of shame, humiliation, understand that Christ is the one who took our shame. Yeah, you might be able to experience shame at some level, but Christ is the one who gives you a new name. He's the one that gives you a new identity. He's the one that gives you, um, he's the one that covers our, our shame because he experienced shame for us. And so I think it's important that when we are experiencing anxiety that's rooted in one of these fears, we go, we, we, we remember the Lordship of Christ, the work of Jesus to say, I can look at this, I can look at this issue, I can look at this threat with a sense of hope and that and joy, mm-hmm. which makes all the difference in the world. So. And looking at these five as well, I mean, I, I know a lot of times anxiety, it ends up paralyzing people. It yeah. ends up keeping people from doing the very thing they should do. Like, I'm not going to go on a mission trip because I'm afla- afraid to fly on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm not going to share Jesus with my neighbor because I'm afraid of what they're going to think of me. Yeah. And I don't want to exegete it incorrectly, but this yeah. feels like every Christian's favorite verse comes in of like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It kind of feels like I can overcome these fears. I can overcome this anxiety to do what God's called me to do because he will give me the strength to do it. So I can do those things through him. Yeah, and one of the things I just want to leave a little nugget to keep listening. One of the things that we'll be doing in later on episodes, I'll be giving some very specific things to do. We are dealing with a theoretical right now, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm, I'm trying to go through this very systematically to understand. There's some understanding of what's happening so that there are things that, I don't want you to think that, I understand this isn't easy. I don't want to minimize anyone's anxiety in any of these issues. I want, what I do want you people to get is a sense of hope that there is a path forward if I keep walking with Jesus, yeah. he'll make that path straight. Yeah. So I'm going to age myself big time, but this is like you're the big Bob Ross painting. And then, oh, yeah, and then yeah. later on, you're we'll going to paint little... that giant tree at the end that you're like, that messed. And then it's beautiful. Yeah. So that's where we're going. You're just painting the picture to we're start. Do lots of happy trees. And then you're going to happy, happy trees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of Life Talks. Again, this is a sermon series that we're in at Life Fellowship, uh, Anxiety or Joy. And then we're doing some Life Talks episodes as well, some supplemental material. Mm. So make sure you don't miss either one. One of those and check out all of these Life Talks episodes, or you can catch the sermons if you're not here on a Sunday morning at Life Fellowship Charlotte. You can search for that on YouTube. That wraps it up for this episode of Life Talks. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.